Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Welcome to Hush, the podcast guaranteed to give you a load of fun. And with that being said, let's slide into the episode. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Volume 59 of Hush. My name is Kim, and we are going to discuss sex, dating, relationships, and all things kept on the Hush. I'm so excited today. We have Goddess Soria on the episode with us, and she's joining us from the UK. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I know it's been a little hectic trying to get everything arranged, but I greatly appreciate you uh, coming out and joining me today in this discussion. And just as a rite of passage, I just want to jump right into it. Can you tell us how you lost your virginity? Sure. Um, I know when you first asked me this question, um, you know, potentially asking it, and I thought, mm, do I want to divulge or not? I'm usually a very private person with stuff like that. But then I had to think about it and had to think about my story and came to some realizations. So I thought it might be useful for you know, young women listening. So I did want to share my story in the end. Uh, so basically, I was a high school student. I was 15 years old. Um, the legal age in the UK is 16. I met a guy at a party, um, a friend's party, and he was older than me. He was 20, and I thought that was really quite cool. Um, and we kind of got chatting and kissed, and anyway, we ended up dating. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't a very special moment, and it wasn't really, I wasn't ready for it. He didn't, we didn't discuss having sex, we didn't discuss any sort of sexual um, stuff that we did together, he just sort of did it, and um, so it was, it was very painful, basically, um, he fooled around with me a little bit, which was absolutely useless, because he was rubbish, didn't know what he was doing, <laughs> as much as I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and he just sort of put condom on, and I thought, oh, what's what's going on here? Like, is this is this it? Are we are we doing it? Um, and to be honest, I was really quite scared, and I wasn't prepared. And then he penetrated me. Uh, it was the most painful thing I've ever been through. I certainly wouldn't want to suffer having to lose my virginity again. You know, maybe with somebody else it would have been a bit nicer, but it was 
extremely extremely painful um but you know at the time when you're 15 years old you've kind of got that pressure you've got an older boyfriend who wants to do it and you don't you know want to disappoint him or anything so you just go ahead and do what he wants to do looking back um you know i have had some time to reflect on the situation and actually look at it in a lawful way i realized a little while ago that under the eyes of the law what he did was actually rape me because there was he didn't discuss with me that's what we were going to do he didn't ask me if i wanted to do that i was scared um i didn't really give my consent i just i suppose went along with it and didn't stop him because i thought that's what i was meant to do but actually it wasn't right and the other thing that I discovered while I was thinking about this question was technically also in the eyes of the law he would have been a paedophile so you know if you put the fact that I was raped by a paedophile that sounds a little bit scary whereas in reality you know I I was underage and I didn't really want to do it but did it anyway um you know things are a bit different when you're 15 you don't look at it like that but actually as a an adult who's aware of you know how easily you're manipulated as a kid um it was wrong he was five years older than me he was 20 I was 15 I was underage he didn't ask me if I wanted to do this he made no um he didn't tell me that that's actually what we were going to do we'd never done anything like that we'd never discussed doing that um so it did come completely out of the blue but I don't think of myself as like a rape victim or anything because looking back you know it didn't really affect me negatively I didn't feel like I'd been raped it's only when I look back as an adult and can understand what happened that it wasn't right so that was my virginity story (laughs) it's really not as exciting as I made it out to be it was just probably a lot of similar to a lot of other young ladies stories where it's just kind of terrifying and painful (laughs) Did you feel like you had to take any kind of empowerment back from that experience to enjoy sex? No, because I didn't feel at the time like I was victimized. Um, I didn't, you know, for me it was, I guess, like a rite of passage. Like that's kind of how it was meant to be. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything else. So it's never bothered me uh, physically or, or mentally. It's just something that I've looked back on and thought, oh, that kind of wasn't right. But um, Mm -hmm. it hasn't affected me as an adult. Okay, I see. Fair enough. Um, Moving on about what you do now, you uh, have a title of a goddess. Now, for somebody like myself who's not sure about the difference between a dominatrix and a goddess, can you explain that for me? Sure. I mean, it's all much of a muchness. I feel like it's more how you portray yourself and how you feel. Um, When I think of goddesses you know I think of ancient Egypt um, I think of ancient um, Roman times and Greek times and and you know the Celtic goddesses and how they're portrayed and I think that you know a woman has a goddess inside of her and you know we're, we're powerful people women are a powerful sex and to me 
how I like to portray myself, you know, like I like walking around barefoot, I like long flowing dresses, I like having the power that I feel inside of me and I felt like I could bring the feminine divine into myself and into my work. Whereas when I think of a mistress um, or a dominatrix, uh, as I think most people would, they imagine somebody wearing like tight leather or PVC mm-hmm. or latex and big long boots and you know scary makeup and that is like the furthest thing from me and that's the furthest thing from how I want to portray myself so I feel like having that separation where I'm not expected to look that way it's better for me because I can kind of be like well I'm a goddess to do what I want I'm not confined by your rules of what you think a mistress or a dominatrix should do Okay, I feel enlightened now. So now I understand the difference. It's a little more clear to me. How was your first experience as a goddess? Um, it was wonderful. So I had a school friend, well, I still have a school friend who's also into the scene. And when I came back from traveling, she said, do you want to go to a couple of clubs with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um. So I'd, I'd never been out to like a BDSM club before. It was mostly like online. I was still new, still learning. Um, and so I went, I wore this lovely long floaty dress, which I love. And I went with her and I played with this lovely girl that had come along with us. And I was just in my element. And then and the second time I, I went to a club with her, Again, it was even better. I met the most wonderful people. Um, I was treated really well. You know, it was just a really life-changing experience that I thought, this is it. This is where I'm at. What made you want to join uh, that type of lifestyle? Like, uh, It's always been in my mind. The earliest memory that I had of... Uh, of what I wanted to do, but I wasn't even sure about what side of it. I can't even remember. All I remember was being at school and thinking randomly, I'd like a house with a dungeon. <laughs> and, you know, I was primary school kids. I don't know what was in dungeons. I have no idea where I got this thought from, but I've always had that in my head that that's the kind of thing that I was into. Um, and... I met a lovely couple in France when I was traveling and they were into the you know master slave relationship and they introduced me to fet life and to you know other types of BDSM relationships and my interest just grew and grew from there and I you know as soon as I kind of found it I thought that's that's where I want to be and that's what I really like I think that's cool. I, I feel like life is too short not to follow things that you're passionate doing. Um, getting into you actually becoming a goddess, do your friends and family know about it? Oh, um, yeah, for the most part. My mum knows, my sister knows, only my grandpa doesn't. Um, my mum thinks it's great. She's always asking me, if I don't answer a phone call from her, she's like, well, you're off spanking. I was like, no, mum. <laughs> She's like, will you bring the whips down? Because she likes to crack them in the garden. I taught her how to crack my long whip. Um, 
and my sister wanted to look at my kit bag so when I went down to London I took my kit bag and she you know, went through it all and asked me loads of questions um, most of the friends that I have are in the scene anyway um, I have a couple of vanilla friends that know about it one of which wasn't surprised at all because like, I'm the little bit more kind of far out friend that she's got. She's a bit of a wallflower and I think that's why she liked me because I was a bit stranger than everybody else she knew. Um, but no, most of the people that I associate with know about me, so that's quite handy. I don't really have to keep myself a secret. I don't find that I, I want to necessarily keep it a secret. Like I don't go around announcing it, but I'm certainly not ashamed of it. I'm you know, the only person that I actively keep it from is from my grandpa, but he's 84, and I'm not sure he'd understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like, picturing you bringing out your kit and explaining what everything is for. Is that how it was in the beginning? Yeah, pretty much. Um, my, I can't even remember how I got into the topic of conversation with my mum. Um but she thinks it's hilarious. Like some of her friends, she's like, "Oh, well, I bet so and so like you to spank them and and stuff like that." She she's asked so many questions, and <laughs> my sister, she kind of dabbled a little bit, or she likes the idea of dabbling, but she's not. She's a very dominant person, but not in the bedroom. So for her, it's quite difficult to find someone actually that she's compatible with. <laughs> How long have you been a goddess? Um. I've only been practicing probably for like two and a half years. Before that, I was just doing like online stuff, had online subs. But to actually physically spank people and dominate people and and, and do things like that, yeah, just when I came back from traveling, so about two and a half years ago. And what gives you a thrill about being a goddess? Um... I love the connection that I have with the people that I play with, whether they're clients or friends. Um, I really, really like spanking people. So my primary fetish would be spanking. You know, um, I really like hitting people with objects, <laughs> <laughs> and to see to see their reaction, to see them laughing or grimacing or twitching or waiting for the next blow um, and seeing them you know, float off into subspace or if I'm doing like a foot session to see somebody you know, submitting to me and really enjoying what we're doing together that you know it's not just about me being dominant isn't just about the dominant it's also about the sub and making sure that the person you're playing with is enjoying themselves and that's what brings me pleasure as well is that somebody else is enjoying the process. So spanking is your favorite, but what are common fetish requests that you do get from your clients? Um, well, most people know me as a disciplinarian, so most of the requests I get are around role play and spanking or domestic discipline. Um, I've branched out more into foot fetish stuff, so I get... Um, well, not at the moment because we're on lockdown still, but you know, I'll be doing foot worship things, trampling, kicking, ball busting. Um, I haven't had too many strange requests, to be honest. <laughs> um, I was reading a thing on Reddit the other day about all these weird requests that some of these dominatrixes have had, and I'm like, I've not had any of those. And I felt quite disappointed because I thought some of them would be quite fun. <laughs> 
most of the stuff that I do is like role play and spanking. So that's most of the requests that I get. Um, I did have one about crushing. Somebody wanted me to crush like insects and vertebrae and oh, I've heard crystal. of that before. Would yeah, you do it? That is no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm completely against animal cruelty of all kinds, and I would sooner stamp on his face than squish a bug. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you let him know that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> like, I don't want to king shame anyone, but when it comes to killing other innocent lives, like, I'm just not okay with that. No, I get you. Um, you mentioned being under lockdown, and I was curious, how has the coronavirus impacted what you do? Nothing financially, just, um, was there any type of virtual transition that you've had to do at all with this? I have been asked at the beginning if I wanted to do some online sessions, but because for me, most of what I enjoy and what the person enjoys is the physical aspect of being spanked. Yeah, you know, I can tell someone to spank themselves and I can chastise them and tell them to stand in the corner and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to discipline and spanking, for me, it's really got to be face-to-face. So I didn't feel like I would be able to give it justice, and I didn't feel like what people would pay me, I would be happy to do for them. Um, You know, I, I think that it's a very physical thing, and especially if you're not, if you haven't seen that Dom before, um, you know, you've got to have that relationship so I didn't feel comfortable doing like any work to do with spanking and discipline but I have had some requests for like foot fetish domination and foot humiliation videos so I've been doing some of those um, and I've been really enjoying that that's something I can do now I can set up a camera and put my foot near the camera and, and tell them off and you know, to tell them to lick my feet and stuff like that. So I'm okay <laughs> with doing that, but I don't want to do any online spanking stuff because for me it just wouldn't work. I could see that. It just, that needs to be physical. I get you on that. Um, mm-hmm. How do you see the coronavirus impacting your future? And what I mean by that is, um, do you foresee clients being a little hesitant due to social distancing occurring now? Absolutely not. I've, um, had so many people ask me if I'll do sessions or or nagging me when are you going to start doing sessions again and I'm like I don't know (laughs) I think everybody is desperate right now to be spanked (laughs) um to be honest my the venue that I use you know it is ruled by the government they can't open when I might be able to start spanking people because of their laws so it it might be a long, a long time until I get to spank people again, but with foot fetish stuff or ball busting, things like that, um, I could quite easily do that from like a hotel room because it doesn't require loud noises. Um, so I might be able to do that once lockdown is over. But I don't think people are more hesitant. I think people are fed up now and want to actually start enjoying their lives again. I can sense that um, here as well. I feel like there's a lot of unrest going on. We're actually under a curfew here in Arizona, but that's not due to the coronavirus. It was due to the protest. Um, But yes, I I feel like a lot of unrest at this time. Um, Changing it up a little bit, 
and thinking about your future, how long do you foresee yourself being a goddess? Well, I'm always going to be a goddess, <laughs> even if I'm not practicing BDSM. <laughs> um, I am going to go to university this September, so I'll be spending the next four years doing a master's, which is going to greatly reduce my time and availability. However, because I love it, you know, even if I wasn't doing it as a job, if I was just, you know, being a lifestyle dom again, then I would still want that in my life in some respect. You know, I love spanking people. I love having my feet pampered. And to think about not having any of that, like, I just, I can't imagine it. So there's going to be areas of my life that it's going to be more prominent and I'm going to be doing lots of things like going over to America and doing filming and doing parties and stuff. But for the next four years, I think it's going to be quieter. But I'm okay with that because I'm doing something else as well, which is going to take up a lot of my time. So I can't, yeah, I can't envision it ever disappearing completely. It's too much of a part of me. You know, it always has been a part of me. Now I've found it. I'm not about to let it go. All right. Um, well, kudos to you on your educational ventures. Were there any okay. other passions or hobbies that you would like to disclose? Oh, yeah. I mean, I am a Gemini. I have lots of varying, like, interests. Uh, <laughs> from, like, you know, I've dabbled in, like, I like shooting and throwing knives and using nunchucks. And obviously, whips comes into that. Like, I love playing with weapons. Um, I do martial arts on a regular basis. And I always have done since I was a kid. But uh, something that I got into when I was traveling was running, and I really enjoy doing some like long di long distance runs. I'm passionate about wearing minimalistic shoes, barefoot shoes, walking barefoot as much as possible, um, and traveling. I love traveling. I've uh, been you know many places. My wife and I spent four and a half years traveling, you know, the world consecutively, and that was an amazing experience. So. At the moment, we're doing a camper van so we can go around the UK and Europe when, you know, when we're able to. Um, and of course, being you know plant-based is, is a huge thing for me. Um, I've been plant-based for 12 years, and it's very important for me to be ethical and you know try and have little impact on other things in a negative way. So you know, if I can help other animals or anything like that and not kill anything and just be be a nice person and I try and do that that's very awesome um how is your life like once you're out of character do you feel like you said that it's always a part of you um do you feel like that's just how it's always going to be yeah so luckily for me unless I'm doing a role play where I when I do I'm a head teacher or an aunt or something I am me all the time <laughs> this is this is what you get like there's no real character change um I'm a dominant person but I'm also pretty chilled out and I think that comes across when I'm like playing with friends for instance you know I like to have a good laugh or We'll, you know, they'll be cheeky towards me and I'll be cheeky back if they cross the line they'll get told off and you know we'll have a nice time whilst we're playing uh, it's only when we're doing a role play that I have to kind of get into a bit more of a character but you know what you see is what you get and I don't want to have to put up a front and for people you know if, if my front slips and they're like oh that's not how she is normally no this is this is me this is this is just me all the time 
I like that. And tying into that, does being a goddess affect your relationships with people? Not just relationships in the romantic sense, but just in general. No, um, because whether I'm with vanilla friends or with kinky friends, my personality is always the same. So I feel like there's not really, if somebody's going to fall out with me for whatever reason, which doesn't really happen, but no, it's, it's not because of what I do. It, it would be because of, of something else. Um, my wife, it took her a little bit to understand why I liked being in this lifestyle and she didn't really understand it because she's completely vanilla. Um, and she's she's kind of gradually gotten used to it and she was okay with me, you know, having clients and seeing people as so long as it didn't take away from the time that her and I spent together. Mm-hmm. And now she, yeah, she kind of finds it funny and she gets involved a little bit. Lou, she'll let me, she'll let me take pictures of her bum and <laughs> she's, she's got a gorgeous bum. I can't spank it. <laughs> That's the only problem. <laughs> um, so no, you know, we, we've had a couple of arguments about it in the past, but we're, we're in a good place. She understands it a bit more now. So that's the only relationship that's kind of suffered, not really suffered, but, you know, it took a little while to get used to it. But no, no other relationships are generally affected by it. And I just wanted to end on the notes of how can people find or reach you? Well, um, they can find me on Twitter at Goddess Soria. And also, if they like foot fetish stuff, I've got my own foot fetish um, Twitter, Soria Souls, and you can find, or Soria Feet, sorry, and you can find that linked to my other Twitter, which is just Goddess Soria. Uh, and I've got a website, uh, com, and you can find me on FetLife, Goddess Soria. Quite simple. <laughs> Actually, I have one last question. I lied. How did you come up with your name? Um, I've been asked that before, and it's it's really not that interesting. Um, <laughs> I was laying. I used to live in the Lake District, and I was laying with my friend on one of the fells, and we were just talking about like names that we liked, and for one reason or another, Soria came to me, and. I didn't know like if it was actually a place or anything like that. Um, so that always stuck with me, Soria. I, I just really liked it. And then it was only probably last year, a sub that I played with, he said, um, oh, because he's Spanish. He's like, there's a town in, in Spain called Soria. Did you name yourself after this? I was like, no. And apparently there's also um, a natural goddess. <laughs> Soria. <laughs> You're like, what are the chances? <laughs> It was just meant to be. (laughs) Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have an awesome week ahead of you. Um, Again, thank you so much. Were there any final thoughts that you would like to add? Um, No, I just wanted to, you know, do a shout out to everyone in America at the moment that my heart goes out to, you know, everyone. And it's really sad what's happening. And us over in the UK are behind you all and supporting you all. And I, I hope that you get justice. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you have a blessed week. Again, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for inviting me on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank have you. a nice afternoon. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. 
Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Hush Podcast. Make sure to find us on Podbean, Red Dragons Radio, Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, thehushpodcast.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page.